the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Anyway, when I was about eight or nine years old, I was down there in Shaw, Mississippi, where my grandpa lived. And he lived along the 61 Highway, just in the middle of some cotton fields. And I'm just going to be honest with you, there's not much to do there. In fact, there's hardly anything that we do today There was there back in the 1970s, I guess. But anyway, I was just sitting out in the driveway one day, wishing there was something to do, and my papa was on his tractor, and he was plowing the cotton field next to the house. And he'd go down to the bow, he'd turn around, he'd come back, getting a little closer each time, you know, as he turned and went down the next row. And when he got pretty close, I started thinking to myself, I wonder if I can throw a dirt clod that far. And so I got me some dirt clods, and I started chunking them, you know, and I was coming up woefully short at first. But what I didn't realize is he was getting a little closer each time. And pretty soon, I was able to chunk one, and it hit off the side of the fender wheel next to he was sitting. Then another one hit his motor. And finally, he said, boy, not my... My papa, he was about six foot two, 280 pounds or something, you know, big old mean Italian. And when he said, boy, his eyebrows curled up like this, you know. <laughs> I could see it from all the way. And I knew the, those eyebrows. And he gave me the evil eye. Boy, you hit me with that duck clod, boy. I'm going to come off this truck on you, boy. And right then, I had a choice. But instead of taking that choice... I started to choose my next dirt dirt clod. And so I chose the dirt clod and all dirt clods by chance. Because when I threw that dirt clod, it hit Papa right in the top of his bald head. Boom! Now Papa didn't put the tractor in neutral. He just jumped off of it with it running. And he took off across that cotton field, and I wanted to take off running, but my knees was fellowshipping. All of a sudden, I was too scared to run. It, of all things, why didn't I run? But I couldn't run. I was just panicked. And he came across there, and he grabbed me by the scuff of the neck with one hand, and with the other hand, he took that big size 48 belt, took about two minutes to get it unraveled around his big belly, and he started whooping me with the whooping that lasts, the whooping of all whoopings. That, that stopped traffic on the 61. I'm not kidding. Traffic was slowing down to watch this whooping that commenced. <laughs> Have you ever heard that quote that says, you're free to choose, but you're not free to choose the consequences of your choices? I was free to choose the dirt clod. I was free to chunk that dirt clod but once that dirt clod left my hand I was not free to choose the consequences of what happened next and we need to realize that that our choices matter and so today's message is entitled simply choices you know every choice that you make is taking you somewhere right if I choose to go left I'll end up in California 
If I choose to go right, I'll end up in Carolina. I think that's opposite. Right. But I'm telling you, when you end up in California, why did you end up there? Because you chose to go that direction. And you are where you are right now in your life because of the choices that you have made in the past. And God wants to speak to you about your choices today. I believe that's why He gave us this message. Some of you say, well, I just, I don't choose much. I just choose not to choose. Well, that in itself is a choice. That's a choice to, to leave the pride lands and go to the land of Akuna Matata. Right? Whatever will be, will be. I, I'm just a victim of circumstance. And that's where many of us live our lives. We feel like we're victims of circumstance. But God did not call us to be victims of circumstance. When you wake up in the morning and you don't feel good and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, well, I guess today's just going to be one of those days. And you, choo you choose not to choose. And you just let what will be, will be, and you become a victim of circumstance. God has not chosen you to be a victim of circumstance. Proverbs, uh, so, excuse me, Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What does it say? We will. We will. We have a will. We can choose to just take the day as it comes, and that's the way some of us do. When everybody around us is happy, we're happy. When they're not, we're not. We're like thermometers instead of thermostats. We don't set the temperature anywhere. We just mold into whatever it happens to be. But God is calling you to set yourselves apart and to begin to make choices so you can determine how your day goes. And not just your day, your life. He says, he says we will rejoice. It is our will. We have made up our mind that we, we decided that we're going to rejoice and be glad in this day. This is the day that the Lord has given us. We will rejoice and be glad. But you have to choose. You have to stop saying Akuna Matata. The pride lands is waiting on you to come make it beautiful again. God is asking you to, to step into this earth and take your kingdom authority. You can choose how you respond to the circumstances in your own life. Is this a good start? God gave us free will. And I'm telling you, I don't know what he was thinking. It has cost him everything. And I know he knew that on the front end. I know he knew that we would, given us free will, we would probably choose the wrong thing, and we did. I, I know he knew that it would cost him his son Jesus dying on our cross. I knew the he knew the pain that giving us the opportunity to choose would cost him personally. But he chose you having a free will because he wanted to make you in his image. He didn't he had plenty of angels, but he didn't want 
He didn't want to make you a robot. He wanted you to be a, a free moral agent. Somebody who could choose to love him. Who of your own free volition, your own free will, I, do, I choose to love you, God. And that's what love is. Love is a choice. And so he gave us this free will. And we as Christians, of all people, when we come into this church, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. I decided to do that every day. I can't let the darkness determine my future. I have to decide. I have to choose what? Life. Turn to Deuteronomy 30. Some of us have just used circumstances as our excuse our whole life. I wasn't raised right. This and that. I find myself blaming my parents or this or that in my, in my past about how I am today. But at some point, we have to take ownership of our own lives. God demands that you choose. Deuteronomy 30, 19. This is Moses after he's walked with those knuckleheads in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, way back in Deuteronomy 11, he had basically told them the same thing that we're about to talk about. He's telling them again. But, the, but their forefathers, he told their fathers this same thing back in Deuteronomy 11, and they did not make the right choices. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They never entered in to the promises that God had for their lives. So their children have grown now, and now it's their opportunity to decide, to choose. Are we going to stay in the wilderness? Or are we crossing over into the promised land? And so Moses says in verse 19, Today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. He's laying out the hands. I've told you all a million times, that's one of the best parenting advice God ever gave me, is what you have to do is you lay out the hands. You don't just tell the children what they should do, you tell them what will happen when they do it. You lay out the hands. If you keep on crying, you keep on acting a fool, then you're probably going to get a whooping and you're going to bed early. You choose this hand, or on this hand, if you act right, Maybe I'll get in the floor and wrestle with you. We'll get a lollipop and we'll watch a movie together. Which one do you choose? You just lay out the hands. See, if you just tell them, you better act right, they don't consider the consequences of their choice. So God breaks things down. And He got Moses just to simply tell them, it's between life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. What fool would choose death and curses. But we do every day. So once again, God has me standing before you telling you your choices matter. Joshua told them later after they entered into the promised land in Joshua 24, he said, if, if God be the Lord, serve Him. Just laid out the hands. And he goes on to say, now I call heaven and earth to witness 
the choice. Say choice. Heaven and earth to witness the choice you have made. See, God is watching the choices you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And he's not talking about just exist, get through the day that you might, oh, I'm alive. No, I mean live. He's talking about choosing the more abundant life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. And then he says a, a mind-numbing statement. This is the key to life. What? You mean I came into this little church in the back of nowhere today and found myself in this purple chair and now I've just discovered the key to life? You have! Aren't you glad you came? What is the key to this abundant life, the one I'm missing so bad? The one that I'm longing for but I can't seem to find? What is the key to life? Well, it says you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. Key to life. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's basically what we preach every Sunday. <laughs> and if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land. You'll not just have an exciting life, but you'll have a long life in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a promise from God. Choose life. Choose it. You know, I, w I played two years of junior college baseball. I went to Mississippi Delta, and then it didn't work out, and I moved back because of a girlfriend to Shelby State, back to Memphis by myself up here and played, got a scholarship to play baseball in Shelby State. And, and at the end of the Shelby State, you know, I had to make a living. I was up here in the big, mean city of Memphis by myself. You know, I had an apartment. I was sharing with a guy, and I was paying $60 a month rent. That tells you where the apartment, the kind of place it was in, the kind of apartment it was. But I, was work, I got a job working at FedEx part-time at night, I was playing in a rock and roll band. I was practicing baseball in the afternoons and taking 15 hours worth of classes. Needless to say, I was worn out. I had gone from eating in the cafeteria at Mississippi Delta that first year. I was about 210. By the time that summer come around, I was down to 170 pounds. I was wearing myself ragged. But I was still, no, I, something in me says, I, I, I got to do better than this. And so I was trying to do good at baseball, and we got a new coach towards the end of the year, and I did good for him, and I really didn't deserve it. But he said, son, I know you don't have any help. I know you don't, you know, you, you need some help. <laughs> you need some help, boy. And so he said, let me call down to Union University, or well, up to Union University in, in Tennessee. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but Union University is a Christian college. He said, I know the coach up there. I think he would fit in in his program well. And he called the coach, got him on the line while I was in his office. The coach said, send him down. I'd love to look at him. Uh, we can get him some scholarship money. We can try to 
helped a boy. And so I had a choice. I left the coach's office. I was kind of excited about it. But I was kind of wore out. And when it come time to drive up to Union University to talk to the coach, I just didn't go. And I wondered to myself, what a, a career choice. What a path. What a division. I chose to stay playing in a rock and roll band and drinking and working at FedEx part-time over going to a four-year college, a Christian college, where I imagine maybe somebody would have told me about Jesus because I wasn't saved. And boy, did I need to be. And maybe I would have received Christ there. Maybe my whole, maybe I would have got a degree there. Maybe my whole life would have changed at 20 years old instead of waiting another 12 years till I was 32 and come to the end of myself before I, I decided to choose Christ. You see, your choices have huge consequences. And that's why you don't just make them willy-nilly. You need to pray out what God has for your life. Ecclesiastes 10.2 says a wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. Ouch. I took the wrong road. But I, I imagine everybody in here can look back and say, boy, I've taken some of those myself. I imagine everybody can say, look back and wish they could change the decisions that you made in the past because they hadn't ended up as really this fairy tale that you thought your life would be. But the thing about it is, is God is saying, put the past behind you. Old things be passed away. Behold, now all things should become new. And he's worried about your, he's not worried, but he's, he's concerned about you making the right choices moving forward. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Your choices from today forward will, will impact your life. And you can reverse some of the bad choices you've made by simply choosing to do the right thing now. Abram was walking with his nephew Lot. And they were so blessed of the Lord. They both had flocks and cattle and such and so much so and their family has had grown walking with the Lord together that Abraham said you know we need to part ways there's not enough grass for your cattle and mine we need to go different ways and Abraham said I'll let you choose you you look around in whatever direction you go I'll go the other direction he gave Lot first choice and Lot chose to go live in Sodom Now, Lot was walking with Abraham. Lot was being blessed of the Lord, but he chose to go live in the sinful city of Sodom to set up his camp there among the heathen. He chose to live among the heathens, and the Bible says it vexed his soul. Which one of us can't say it in some degree that our souls are vexed by the filth that we have to live in here in this world today. But Abraham, he didn't go to the city life. He didn't choose setting up camp in this world. He continued to sojourn with God. That sojourn just means he traveled with God. He didn't set up 
camp here on this earth. He realized that he was from a different country, a heavenly country. He had his eyes on something better than the here and now. And he walked with God and he lived in tents down here. And so he decided that I give up this life for a heavenly kingdom and a better reward. And he walked with God. But those who choose to live in Sodom Never experience life down here. And depending on your relationship with Jesus, may not experience life in heaven at all. Oh, that I would have made the right choices in my youth. I had good intentions. Which one of us doesn't have good intentions? Which one of us doesn't want to be successful and to be known as a compassionate and caring person. And, and which one of us doesn't want to do great exploits here on the earth and be renowned for all the good works that you've done? But good intentions are not the same as good choices. Your good intentions will leave you in California when you meant to go to Carolina. You got to choose this day whom you're going to serve. You are currently a result of your past choices. If your future is to change, your choices, they must change. God chose you. You know, he's, he's not holding your past choices against you. He forgive you of your sins. He just wants to love you today. God is outside of time, space, and dimension. He sees yesterday, today, and forever all the same time. He sees the best version of you right now. He knows how you're going to be in heaven. And He chooses you. Jesus chose to leave His throne in heaven to be born in a manger in Bethlehem. In the garden, He chose you. When all of His flesh was crying out, saying, I don't want to go through this humiliation, this suffering. I don't want the sin of all mankind put on me. I don't want to be separated from the Father. I never have been. and I don't, look, I don't want the physical torment, the mental anguish, and the agony. And everything in him sweat great drops of blood. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He chose you. He chose to, to keep his eyes on you, the joy set before him, so that he could endure the cross. Jesus chose you. The Father chose to send Jesus for you. You are his first choice. He chose to give you free will. And he chose to... He chooses to show you the hands day after day saying, choose me back. Choose me back. Ephesians 1.4 says, even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us. He loves you. Some of you, because of your past sin, bad choices in the past, maybe... You feel unlovable. 
And you feel God has rejected you. But no, He chose you and He loves you even before you sin and, and, and even after you sin. It was already a done deal. He, he doesn't give His love and take it back. He chose you. He loves you in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. See, that's the thing. We don't see ourselves as holy and without fault. We look, we choose to see ourselves in the natural. And that's another thing God's trying to get you to do. Choose to see yourself the way I see. Choose to feel about you the way I feel about you. Choose to have the hope that I have for you about yourself. Choose to make decisions that will lead you into my love, into my security, into my arms, so that you'll never have to worry. You'll never have to fret. You'll know the peace that passes all understanding. It'll keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You don't see yourself as holy and without blame. You're blaming yourself. You're downgrading yourself. But God says, choose to see with my eyes. Choose to see what I have put in you. Choose to, to reach into the, the spirit realm and bring forth the hope that will change your soul. By faith, choose me and my thoughts towards you. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. I know what I have planned for you, and I know that I'm able to get you there. But you got to know it. you got to choose it. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family. He did that in advance. Before we sinned. He was still waiting on you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He chose to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Christ Jesus. This is what He wanted to do. And it gave Him great pleasure. This was His, his desire. You think God's doing you a favor by loving you? This is what He wants to do. You think you're doing God a favor by saying, you don't have to love me, God, because I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy. You're not doing God a favor, you're breaking His heart. He wants to love you. He has chosen to love you. He knows it all. He's seen it all. And He still chose you. Me and Angie came to this church 20-something years ago for marriage counseling. You've heard that story. We weren't really serving the Lord, but we, we had good intentions. <laughs> we just wanted to get our marriage fixed. Somebody said that the pastor would counsel with you or something, so we wanted... We came. I don't remember if we ever went through any marriage counseling. But I remember hearing about this love that I'm telling you about today for the first time. 
really being broken down about what he did on the cross to take away my sins. And for the first time, somebody laid out the hands to me. And I chose love. I didn't even have to choose to forgive Angie for all we were fighting about at the time. Because that was simple. If he forgave me for all this, I forgive her right away. Well, I don't even think we even had marital problems since then. We didn't have to discuss it. We just chose love. Jesus changed us. Changed our life. We chose to forgive one another. We chose to, to we want to live in joy. We can't keep going like we're going. We got we to gotta have some peace. I got to have some relief. This world's beating me down. The devil's got his foot on my neck. I can't take it no more. I got to get up out of here. And when, when Jesus said, you, get, you scat, devil, then I jumped up and I said, I'm yours, Lord. What would you have me do? I got saved, saved. I wasn't playing around. I ain't been playing around since. Now, do I have days when I don't feel saved? Yeah. Your choices are a daily decision. That's why it says this is the day that the Lord has made. But I will rejoice and be glad. And I'm going to get up to get, because I haven't been walking with him too long to know that when I'm, I'm not going to church, I'm not thinking about him, I'm not making good choices, my life is headed downhill. There ain't no neutral in your Christianity. You're either going downhill or you're going up the mountain to be with Him. Daily choices. Because we're fickle, man. We'll forget the choice we made yesterday in a heartbeat. Proverbs 2.11 says, Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. See, the biggest problem I see in the church today is we got this buffet mentality. You know, you get to the buffet, says, I'll have a little of that. You skip over the things you don't really interested in. I'll take some of that, touch of this, but I don't want too much of that because I don't like that. And that's the way we do the Word of God. We go through there and say, well, that's the thing I want to do anyway, so I'll do that. But this part's hard. This is hard on my flesh. I don't like to do that part. I don't really believe that. Well, if you don't believe the Word of God, you've made yourself God. Because this is the infallible Word of God. If you don't like who God is in this book, then you just don't like God. I ain't got to sit up here and argue God's case. He's God all by Himself. You either love Him or you don't. You either believe all of this, or you might as well throw it in the dumpster. And I'll get it out later. I'll have it on my shelf back there. <laughs> Picking and choosing buffet-style Christianity leads to lukewarm relationship with Jesus. Half-hearted-style life. And that's what's invaded the church. Where is the faithful... A faithful man who can find... Where are the faithful? Where are those who are sold out to Jesus? Oh, they're the happy huggers. <laughs> yep. 
But those who want to pick and choose, they think they're doing themselves a favor. But you are hurting your, your, the results of your choices are not what you want in your life. And I'm just going to tell you, Jesus did not bleed, die in agony on your cross for you to live a lukewarm relationship with him. He didn't spill every drop of blood so that you can say, well, I'll, I'll see you on Sunday. No. There's more. There's more for me. And there's more for you. We got decisions to make every day. Are we going to step in to the more? Choose this day whom you're going to serve. If Jesus be Lord, then serve Him. It's the best decision I have ever made, and I have not regretted it one moment. The only things I regret is when I'm not moving closer and I feel myself slipping back. And the time that I have wasted not being with Him and understanding His love and His relationship and not hearing His voice and walking in it. Those are the times I regret now. We were at that GROW conference a couple weeks ago, me and a couple of our leaders, me and Angie. is a Christian conference in Alabama. And man, you can just take 30, 40 pages of notes. I think uh, Anita did. And, uh, who else went with us? Mary. She's a, you took notes, I took notes. But out of all the notes, this one thing stuck out with me, and I, so I want to share it with you. He was just talking about, you know, the different passion, or we call them passion teams, but the teams in your church. And so I was talking about how to, to, to be a healthy church and to love God and do His will. He was talking about, you know, your leaders need to have this mentality. They'll always be thinking how to, to get better and, and more godly and so forth. And he says, what one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference. What one thing. And I thought, man, we can all ask that in our lives. If we're always, you know, you got big rocks that you need to deal with before you worry about the pebbles. Some of us are worried about the pebbles. And we ain't got no room for the big rocks in our life. The big rocks, the big issues in our life. He's saying, if there's one thing that you can change will make the biggest difference, work on it first. And you got something in your life. I got something in my life. There's one thing in all of our lives that's the top thing right now that needs to change. That if it got better, it would make the biggest difference. Maybe you're thinking of it right now. Maybe for some of you it's, man, I just can't go on. Me and my wife fighting like this or me and my spouse. It's unbearable. This has got to change. Don't be nodding your heads at me. So, the whole church, yeah. No. Some of you are saying, man, I love the Lord, but pornography just makes me feel so filthy. It's just, it's, I feel like I can't be the man of God or woman of God I need to be because I'm looking at this filth. And it, just, it makes me hide from God. There's, there's things. Some of you, it's drugs, alcohol, cigarettes. It could be anything. 
Some of you suffer from depression, issues of your past, things that's caused you to, to suffer that is brought into your life today and you seem that you can't beat it. Pray and say, God, what's, what are the choices that I need to make to change that big rock? It's going to make the biggest impact on my life. And you begin to seek God's Word about uh, loving your spouse as Christ loved the church and honoring, honoring your parents or, or you know, taking care of the temple that God has given you or, or keeping your eyes if your eyes be holy, then your whole body be full of light and that He'll deliver you out of temptation. You begin to quote the Word of God. You begin to choose to fight the good fight of faith about the things that need changing in your life. You begin to make rational decisions. Okay, if there's this person in my life that every time we get together, they lead me to the bar or they lead me over here into the, the muck and the mire, they lead me down, then maybe I need to... The biggest thing I can choose right now is to break off that relationship. You know what your biggest rock is right now. But choose God. And watch your circumstances begin to change. Watch your results begin to change. And once you get that done, then ask yourself, What's the one thing that I, if I changed it right now would make the biggest difference in my life? And then you begin to tackle that thing. You'll find yourself walking into freedom like you've never known. You choose. For me, the best decision, the best choice I ever made was just to let God love me. let him love me like he always wanted to love me though I still struggle at times with condemnation I'm not worthy I'm messing this up God I'm doing this but I just choose to focus on his steadfast faithfulness choose to understand it ain't about me it's about him and I choose to let Him love me where I'm at and to love me out of my, it, my issues. To love me into the promised land. That He's going to be the one that parts the Jordan. He was the one that parted the Red Sea. He will go before me in battle. I only have to be still and know that He fights my battles. He loves me despite myself. So to let Him love you like He wants to love you. Ephesians 2.4 says, God is so rich in mercy and He loves us so much. So much. I forsake all that I am. All that I have to buy that pearl of a great price. To have Jesus. Paul says, I count everything as but like dung compared with the excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to sit like blind Bart over here in the ditch 
as the parade passes me by without shouting out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because He loves us and He's rich in mercy. I'm not going to sit in the darkness any longer when God will open my eyes. He will change my attitude. I'm not going to be like one of the ten spies that say, Oh, I can't do it. I've tried. I'm too old to start all that faith stuff. We'll never enter into the promised land. I'm just a grasshopper. No, I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb said, God is well able to bring me into the promised land. I choose to change my attitude. I'm not going to sit lamely by at this stagnant pool and just wait for the lottery to hit. You understand? I'm tired of being shackled in these tombs. I'm tired of being controlled by evil spirits. I want to, I want to, I want to be called out of my stench like Lazarus. And I want to live a new life. I want to walk into the fullness of this new life. He's called me forth. He can take my little lunch and He can feed the multitudes as far as I'm concerned. Take what little I am, Lord, and use me. Here I offer it to you, my life. Jesus is he's driving that tractor and he's getting he wants to get closer and closer to you and you know he's getting closer he's coming back and when he comes back are you still going to have clods in your hand throwing against him I'm telling you there's another choice Stop throwing clods at God. Drop your clod. Lift your hands. And let Him be Lord. Today I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And He goes on to say, choose life. I want you to. I want you to. I want you to make better decisions than you made. I want you to make your decisions based on my word because there's power in my word. I want you to be filled with my Holy Spirit because He is the power of God in your life to overcome. He's the one I sent you to be more than overcomers in me. I want you to rise. When my eyes look to and fro over all the earth, who will go for me? I want you to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to be part of that end time. Glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Rise to your feet if you would. Stand to your feet. for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.